Hey folks, I am Michael J. Penny. Welcome to the five paragraph business plan tutorials. By now you've looked through the materials and have got the book sitting in front of you. You've seen how the five paragraph business plan is action oriented. We're breaking big, huge plans down into bite sized objectives here. During this tutorial, we're going to be talking about the executive summary, which is frankly the orientation paragraph for the overall plan. Okay. So the executive summary is a culmination of that METTSL template. So you've used METTSL as your guideline in going through the five paragraph business plan tutorial uh, episodes, as well as looking through the guidebook. Make sure that you get the guidebook, you get it in front of you, you're going through the elements, and you're drawing upon certain elements to put it into a METTSL template. Now, if you recall in earlier episodes, that first template that you've done that gets you outside the building, it gets you talking to people so that you can see whether or not you have a viable business concept. With that first METTSL template, let's say you've bought the book, you've got the guidebook in front of you, and you want 15 minutes. I ask just 15 minutes of your time, get on the phone with us, one of our advisors, and we're going to be able to walk through the basics on how to set up your five paragraph business plan. We're going to give you a starting point and where to springboard off of, as well as kind of help you guide through some of those different strategies that you could uh, immediately uh, use to improve the overall structure of your business. Now, in the orientation or executive summary, what we're doing is we're calming it, we're bringing it all together, we're pulling all of these different elements out of the METTSL template, right? Showing viability, making sure that it works. We're going through the guidebook. We've constructed the overall plan. The whole thing looks good to us. Great. Th this is months of work, weeks of work, maybe, if you are super, super diligent about what you're doing. But I, this is something that personally, when I sat down and wrote my first business plan, I was really driven and focused on it. And it took me about six months to really make sure that I had all of the elements that I needed of, of the total overall business plan. That's not to say that I wasn't an entrepreneur until my business plan was done. No, 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 no. It's just, I was going out there and I was making sure that there was some sort of viability to the business before moving forward. And that's what I'm asking you to do when you've got the guidebook, you've got the METTSL template, you're going out, you're asking for tidbits of information, so on and so forth. You're compiling all of that intelligence. You put it together in a clear, concise plan. That is your five-paragraph business plan, and now you're done. And you want to illustrate that business plan, everything that you've done, in one clear, concise package, one page, a couple of paragraphs just to get readers to continue on through your plan. So the executive summary is actually the first thing that readers are going to see. It's the first thing that readers are going to look at. More often than not, if you've ever seen a business plan competition or somebody review a business plan, especially investors, they look at the executive summary to see whether or not it's a fit. Keep in mind, this is where a lot of people feel rejected. If it's not a fit for an investor, that's totally fine. He has other or she has other investor friends in other different investor pools in different industries, and you might be a great fit for them. Okay, it's just you're not a good fit for this person that you're sitting in front of. Great, so who do you direct me to next? Right, little lesson learned there. 
They'll look at the executive summary. They zip back to the financial, see whether or not the numbers are big and whether or not you've done them. <clears throat> Just saying. So uh, if you're following along and you haven't gone through the episode tutorial over the financials and a lot of the different formulas and different things like that, that investors may be looking for. I mean, I've gotten money from investors before. I know what it's like going out there raising capital. So they look at that executive summary. They flip to the back. They see whether or not the numbers are big. They go back to the executive summary. They hone further in on the overall problem opportunity statement, whether or not there's a viable return here, potentially. The executive summary is enticing a reader by highlighting in brief detail, brief detail, clear, concise, boiling it down. Look to Hemingway for inspiration on this one, okay? Boil it all the way down, condense it so that when you read through that executive summary, you're just like blown away yourself. You're looking at it going like, this almost makes my business look too good. Okay, that, you know, I get it. There's that little bit of uh, too good to be true. I got, I got you. That's okay. You're enticing the reader to move on to the situation paragraph. And in the situation paragraph, you're highlighting the problem opportunity, that need that you are snuffing out out of existence, you are moving in against an enemy, and that enemy is the need, okay? The competition is within yourself in order to grow and do better. You're looking at your other competitors that are in the market. You're, you're taking ideas from these different competitors that are out there. You're collaborating with adjacent units and so on. They're seeing the situation as you see it, as a need that's out there in the population that you would like to serve, and they're seeing what you're already doing about it and some of your friends and so on, right? So you're not talking about the actual how. You're just saying, well, this is what I've addressed as the enemy. Here's the market. It is a big whopping pot of gold that we could potentially go and attack here. And here are all of my friends that I am bringing into this, not the management team. These are all of the other companies that are already helping my company. That's all in that situation paragraph. And if you're following along in the guidebook, go through the guidebook, go up through the episodes, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. You get into the mission statement and directives, and remember, you're going from overall 30,000 foot and you're zooming all the way in into what you want to accomplish today and now and the next day. With the mission statement and directives, what you're doing is you're enticing somebody to ask you how. How in the hell are you going to do that? Okay, so what you're doing with this executive summary is you're saying, hey, I think we might be a good fit. Check out my executive summary. Skim through it. Check out the numbers. Good. They're reading through the executive. Wow. Page turn. Now they're on to your situation paragraph. You're outlining the market, some of these different things. Page turn. They're on to the mission. Remember, during that mission episode, I talked about enticing the reader to go further in order to ask you how you are going to do this. All right. And that's the whole point here. What you're doing with the executive summary is you're outlining your vision and you're getting them into the mission. Okay. Get them into the mission. If you've done the mission statement directive, so on and so forth, the way it's described in the guidebook, it will entice the reader to move further and say, okay, I see the reason why you're doing this. It's a big pot of gold. We could potentially do this. How in the hell are you going to do it? And then you move on to the execution paragraph. And that's when you're, again, it's 30,000 foot detail. You're talking about your intent, center of gravity, your critical vulnerability, where you're going to make market entry and how you're going to grow through that exploitation plan. 
And again, the exploitation plan, 30,000 foot, multiple objectives, the different moving components. We talked about the coordinating instructions. We talked, excuse me, concept of operations, scheme and maneuver, and the coordinating instructions and tasks that are associated with that. So again, we're talking about all of the big block operational components that are in here so that people see how the different leaders own it. Because when we get down into the admin and logistics, we're going through the financials and all of the different numbers that are associated with it. I've got the different formulas and what have you. Again, it's very basic and rudimentary right now because we're getting people out the door as entrepreneurs and business leaders to think about this in a cognitive sense to where it's always top of mind. You know, there's got to be a return on investment. Otherwise, why are you going into business? There's no point, right? So the exit strategy is always in mind. How are we going to make more money for our shareholders? But of course, through the intent, we're doing it with the most value being put forward every step of the way. So there is almost a social balance that's associated with this. You're sharing that vision. You're getting them to get into the mission and then into the execution paragraph. In here, in the executive summary, you are giving them three little nuggets, three little ways that you are going to go to market and you are actually going to make this happen. Three little tidbits that are going to entice them to get into the execution paragraph to figure out how in the hell you're going to do this, how you're going to sum it up and make it happen. Okay, and then, and here's the trouble. A lot of people like putting the ask in the executive summary, which I think is a huge mistake. I know that there are other uh, entrepreneurs and business leaders who say, do not put that in your executive summary. Instead, wait until they, you know, they got to get to there. They have to listen to the spiel in order to figure out what, you know, you can't just walk up and go, hey, you want 10% for $100,000? Like, come on, man. You know, get them into it before the ask, because that's a big, huge crescendo. And I'm going to talk about the storytelling nature of the five paragraph business plan and how to deliver that pitch, along with the slides that go into the pitch. So you're going to see all of that. The other thing that I'm going to discuss in a, in a future episode is how to use the five paragraph business plan as an operational tool and how it actually breaks down. Now, what I've done is developed a slide in there so that you can see overall executive leadership, five paragraph business plan. And then I've broken down the different operational components where you've got the operational leadership, their five paragraph business plan based upon that operation that they're carrying out and how key leaders can then turn those into fragmentary orders. And we'll talk about fragmentary orders in the next episode when we're talking about the operational plan and how it all breaks down in that whole flow chart. Then we'll continue on to the pitch deck and how to actually deliver the pitch. Now, why am I saying this in the middle of the executive summary? Because this right here, the little details, the little nuances in the executive summary, those are the little nuances that are going to go into your business plan pitch. Those are the little nuances, those tidbits on that cover sheet that they're going to have sitting in front of you in front of them while you're doing the business plan pitch or whatever, or you're giving them the pitch in any regard, they don't necessarily need to follow along. It's all right there in the executive summary. You're highlighting those areas and in your pitch, you're getting a little bit deeper. Okay. So that's why I need to pause for effect here on the executive summary. Okay. It matters a great, it matters and is extremely important that you use the MET TTSL template as you're going through the guidebook 
to figure out viability. You have built your five-paragraph business plan. Now you're going to the executive summary and pulling out nuggets of little tidbits of enticing language. Less adjectives, more numbers. Better factoids. Boil it down. Think Hemingway. Now, where I'm going with this is that in the executive summary, if you've done it correctly, okay, and you've outlined it correctly, it should marry up with those slides in the pitch. And then it should get those pitch, um, whether they're investors or, or uh, potential employee shareholders, whomever it may be, whoever sees your pitch, it entices them to continue to look through your business plan. Look, here's the thing. A pitch is a sales pitch, and it's all about getting people to look at your plan and to analyze your plan and to scrutinize your plan. Make it a struggle to scrutinize your plan. Have a notebook, have a pen and paper ready, being able to write down certain elements that you're going to need to adjust on. Those elements, all right, go into your METTTSL. If they're, they, they have to fall within that. Your situation probably will not change. If your situation paragraph changes, uh, you might want to think about constructing a whole new five-paragraph business plan. But your METTTSL is going to, for, for the most part, remain the same, right, as far as, a, as far as a template methodology is concerned. So the little minor tweaks that you might need to do might come out from somebody reviewing your executive summary. That's all that I need to say. Hey, I noticed that you didn't include this detail. You should include this detail. Listen for little tidbits like that. Anytime that you give somebody your plan and they actually read through it, or if you give them the pitch and they're like, hey, you might want to include this detail on the executive summary, plug it into your METTTSL template. See if the detail that they're talking about can easily be slid in there and then think about manipulating that executive summary. They're not saying that your plan is bad. They're saying that your executive summary could be polished up a little bit in order to entice the average reader to continue on through the plan. If you've done it correctly, right, as you're going through the plan and people in, like your plan uh, and potentially want to invest in your plan uh, or you know, and it depends on who you're pitching to, who you're sliding your plan in front of. Okay, bear that in mind. If you're putting your business plan in front of a potential investor and it fits your model and it fits your industry and everything else, and they're giving you maximum amount of advice and suggestions and comments and so on, that stuff is lessons learned. That stuff is gold. That's you're trying to work with those people. They're the they have the money on the team, they're bringing capital and potential you know, advice, expertise, they've been there, done that. They got rich for a reason. You know, uh, you can potentially use their experience and expertise. Now, again, we're just talking about the executive summary and what would be described as the overall orientation of the business, but it really does matter this much because you're seeing now that it is the facade of your plan. So if it's that front page of your plan, it needs to be done last. We can't do an executive summary and then start going through the different elements. Hence, why the same template is used in the beginning, during the preparation phase, and now, after we've wrapped up your entire five-paragraph business plan, you use the same METTTSL template that you've been shifting around and updating and so on and so forth to construct your executive summary.
A little bit of trickery, and the reason why we put it that way is because these are the methodologies that we've used before in the military. That's where this is coming from. The five-paragraph business plan, it came out of the military's five-paragraph operations order. Again, 240-year-old planning process. It works, right? So we're taking a lot of the methodologies for how we go around and construct a plan, and we're applying that to business. And this business plan methodology is... Specifically, it's based off of the Institute of Veterans and Military Families, EBV, so that's the Entrepreneurship Bootcamp for Veterans. Uh, they're nuts and bolts of a great business plan, nuts and bolts of a great business plan. What I've, I am a proud graduate of EBV, and I love the nuts and bolts of a great business plan. I wanted to see the elements of that business plan in a five-paragraph order so that I could apply these different methods of gathering the elements of the plan that I knew from my military service. But then what I realized is going around and gathering the certain elements of a plan that just, that fits in every walk of life. It doesn't matter whether or not you're a veteran. So what I love doing is going in and working with business leaders and pre-existing businesses and, and just using the five paragraph business plan. It's very easy to sit down and, teach somebody how to use this methodology. It really is quite simple. It's just getting them to create that habit of using it. And it winds up being one of those, you know, 30 days, a little bit of growing pain, 60 days, we're all lockstep. 90, 90 days before you know it, you're going to think, hey, this is, we've been using this the entire time. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, in the executive summary, again, we're going back through the MET-TTSL statement and I, or excuse me, the MET-TTSL template. And I want you to follow along in the five-paragraph business plan guidebook. Go ahead, get the book. It's at fiveparagraph.com. Listen through the tutorials. Get on the phone, talk to an advisor. And we're going to wrap this episode up just kind of putting together all of these, all of these different elements. Because you've been working with the template the whole time. And now what I want you to do is put together those elements into that clear, concise, enticing package. Okay? So... It goes through mission, the who, what, when, and why, the company, the concept, the product and service, the entry and growth strategy. Bear in mind that you didn't know any of this stuff at the beginning. Now it should just be easy day, plugging in all of these different elements. We highlight the problem, the need, or the demand. Notice how we talk about the solution that we're providing and the company concept and so on. The reason why we're doing that is to flat out tell people whether or not it's a good fit. Hey, this is our business. Here's our company, our concept, our product. Here's kind of sort of our business model. You know, we're an online retail place. Well, if you're not interested in that, then I get it. Okay, so the reason why the reason why I really like the Met TTSL template, and it's the same one that we use in the military. The reason why I really like it in this fashion is because it throws up front the solution that you're going to provide. Even though in the business plan, that's not how it's structured. You're throwing up the solution based upon your type of business and the business model that you want to use. That will automatically turn off anybody who's not a good fit. Then you talk about the enemy and, and the, the problem that you are addressing. The reason why you don't talk about the enemy up front is because that one situation, that one problem opportunity statement might be being addressed right now currently under different solutions. 
So you're doing online retail and they're doing uh, brick and mortar wholesale, but it's addressing the same solution. It's essentially going to the same market. Okay, so address how you're going to do it in the mission statement and the solution first. Then under enemy, what is the problem, need, or demand? Again, it's an enemy mindset so that I it removes the intimidation factor that is associated with the market complexities that are in front of you. If you just say, look, those people have a need, and I'm going to turn that need into my personal enemy, that to me is a little bit of motivation in moving forward and saying, look, I'm not worried about that person over there. They're not my competitor. I'm worried about going out and addressing that need that somebody has. I'm going to give them the highest grade value that I possibly can. Here you go. Hope that they you know, love the solution and want to continue to be a customer. You're attacking their needs. You're attacking their needs as if it's an enemy. People are going to appreciate that. Let me tell you what, from experience, people are going to appreciate that. And under enemy, you're briefly addressing the overall industry and then the structure of the industry at present and the market. Okay, so not the center of gravity and how you're going to potentially get in there. We're talking about the big pot of gold. Here is the size of the industry. Here is the size and structure of the market. Um, you're talking about dollars and cents, and you're talking about potentially the annual growth rate. Remember that the annual growth rate I gave you a formula for, and it was in the financials portion in regard to a uh, return on investment. So we're talking about the same growth rate that's up there down here as far as the overall industry and market there are resources out there start with your library uh local library is the best place to start with market research i know that i explained that in the in the situation paragraph go to your library get industry knowledge industry journals you can do it online as well for free you can check annual growth rates of overall industries it is very very simple uh put the size and growth the size and scope and potentially the overall growth of the market that is your center of gravity. The biggest market, the biggest pot of gold, that which you are going to own in the future. Now is when you do a salute report, size, activity, location, uniform, time, equipment. You outline your, you're not doing a full avatar of your customer, but you're outlining exactly who your ideal customer would be their need, the type of person that they are so that you show your comprehension for your market early on in the executive summary. Like I said, you're talking about the center of gravity. You're also talking about the enemy's most deadly course of action. Remember, the enemy is the market. The most deadly course of action that could happen is the either the market implodes or uh, what I really like is enemy's most deadly course of action is Oh, it would be a catastrophe in the market if nobody provided your solution. Let me back up real quick. If no one comes up with a solution, so the enemy's most deadly course of action, which I've covered up in the situation paragraph, if nobody creates a solution, that market is going to turn into such a huge need, it could potentially affect a large-scale population, like the U.S. of A. or the globe. All right, depending upon the need, there are things that do that. We're talking about water, food, and energy. 
So if that's the market that you're looking to attack overall, and that is potentially the most deadly course of action because you've constructed some sort of brand new, uh, I don't know, Tesla coil energy reducing system that we're all going to use, awesome. Uh, what is the most deadly course of action if we don't use it? And then you give the doomsday scenario in here. Again, the whole point is that you're enticing somebody to read, right? So right above that, you were talking about, look, here's the center of gravity, you know, and then you go into the most deadly course of action. So here's the biggest pot of gold. And then if nobody ever introduces this solution, the bottom will drop out. The need will be exponential. So on. That shows, that shows thoughtfulness that you've gone through every significant scenario that could take place. You've what if it to death, so to speak. Team and support. We're talking about the size of your team initially right now as well as the supporting elements that you've got. So the size of the team and the capabilities, features, unfair advantage, whatever you pose with that management team that is internal to the company, but then also the support that you are getting from external companies could potentially be adjacent units, otherwise considered competitors or direct competitors. Uh, and they are a collaborative unit, all right? So this is a support that they are providing our company in order to move forward. We talk about terrain and weather as far as the general location, environmental effects and conditions, seasonality effects on the business. However, that depends. Could be that you're geographically separated and there are going to be other logistics concerns that come out of that. The time, so that's a timeline that's scheduled to market. It might be production. It might be, hey, we're going to finish construction on this brick and mortar. Whatever your timeline looks like, but again, 30,000 feet. Go go very big and break it up to where like I have phases based upon three to six months, two to five years, so on and so forth. So that you are showing, hey, look, this is one linear timeline. But yeah, I've got a Gantt chart that is associated with all of this. I know where all the moving pieces are. I have multiple phases and multiple timelines, some of which are running concurrently. And I completely understand that we're going to get this bad boy done here is when right here on that timeline that's that's where i'm gonna get it done that's what you're doing on on this met ttsl executive summary and then the space considerations again that's brick and mortar the the construction that might need to be made so on and so forth and then the logistics concerns okay so earlier i told you about the terrain and weather down here you're talking about the logistics concerns that are associated with potentially creating the space but also the logistics concerns that are associated with the geographic separation and what, what type of transportation needs you might need to employ if you're pulling in different individuals from maybe out of state or how you're pulling in employees, whatever it winds up being, how you're moving product and so on. So there's a lot to think about, which is why we gave you the template up front with that preparation paragraph so that you could be going through the book, through the guidebook, listening to the episode tutorials, getting on the phone with an advisor. We've got a forum, fiveparagraph.com forward slash forum. Join the community. Be a part of this. We're here for you. That's the whole point. We want you to get started right now today. We want to work together. We want to collaborate with you. That's why we're putting this out into the ether. Go ahead, get the guidebook, do the tutorials, join the forum, do a 15-minute phone call, Get on the phone with us. Check out all the different testimonials that we're that we've got going up on the website. You've always got free templates. They're always at the bottom of fiveparagraph.com. Be a part of this. Get started right now today with a five paragraph business plan.
Thanks for listening.